Hello. Welcome to Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. This is Wednesday, March 25th, and it is my friend Mary Houston's 97th birthday. Happy birthday, Mary Houston. Thank you for being such a godly example and a wonderful friend all these years. I'm so grateful for you, and I want to wish you a happy birthday. Well, I want to talk to you about something that's a little bit personal, but um, I think it needs to be addressed. I hope that it will be helpful in this time of quarantine, that uh, none of us are going batty and crazy, being stuck in our homes. But most of my life, I have struggled with a sense that God did not like me, that he didn't care for me, and that he was probably just thoroughly irritated by me and with me. And I even struggled being a Christian for the first half of my life. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that. It wasn't that I didn't believe in God, because I did, and it wasn't that I didn't believe in the Bible, because I did. I believed the Bible was the Word of God. It wasn't that I didn't love God, because I did. I love God. I love the I love the Lord. I loved God from the time I was five years old. It was just so very hard for me to seem to appease Him. I didn't feel like I ever had His favor. I felt like every day I was out of favor with God. I still struggle with it, even today. At 21, I was blessed to have an incredible supernatural experience with the Holy Spirit that changed my life forever, and I'm grateful. It changed the life of my family as well. And you can call that whatever you want. Some people call it baptism of the Holy Spirit. My husband's people call it sanctification. I was raised Baptist, and we call it Tim LaHaye filled with the Holy Spirit. Call it whatever you want. All I know was I was blind, and then I could see. I was in bondage, and then I was free. I was in darkness, and then I was light. That's all I know. I was addicted to drugs, and then I wasn't. I was smoking cigarettes, and then I stopped. That's all I know, is that life completely changed for me. And through that experience, I was able to really believe that Jesus loved me. And I saw Jesus in a new light. And when I would read the Word of God, I would see Jesus. It was like he was magnified. And so I would look at that and say, I know Jesus loves me. I appreciate that Jesus loves me. Jesus, my Savior, my King, my beautiful Elder, my brother, my Lord, my High Priest, my teacher, my advocate, my friend. I knew that Jesus loved me, really loved me, no doubts. But I still had a problem with that God the Father thing. (laughs) I still kept thinking, hmm, but God, you know, I'd always put Jesus between me and God the Father, like, "Eh, look at him, (laughs) because I knew Jesus would be my advocate and my friend. There's a theologian. He died in 2002. I loved him and read his books. His name was Louis Smeads. He died. Uh, he was born 1921 and died in 2002. In Louis Smeads' autobiography, My God and I, Smeads shares how he lived his whole entire life believing that God was always angry with him. He wrote so poignantly about his struggle to accept God's love. In Smead's life, his wife played a major role in his ability to believe in God's love and grace. And it was through her and her love for him that Smead's was able to accept by faith that God really did love him. He said she was the evidence in his life that only a loving and accepting 
and caring God would give him such a precious gift as her. They had a wonderful marriage and a, a very loving relationship. I also read uh, a book about Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa surprisingly also struggled greatly. Hers was very strong. She had a real sense that God hated her. In the book, Mother Teresa, Come Be My Light, um, one of the fathers that was her confidant published letters that she had written to him. In one of the letters, she writes, Lord my God, who am I that you should forsake me? the child of your love, and now become as the most hated one, the one you have thrown away as unwanted, unloved. I call, I cling, I want, and there is no one to answer, no one whom I can cling. No, not one. Alone. The darkness is so dark, and I am alone, unwanted, forsaken. The loneliness of the heart that wants love is unbearable. I trust that all, the pain, the loneliness, the suffering, will end in heaven with Jesus when I see him face to face. The book that states that Mother Teresa suffered this pain said that she'd felt that rejection from 1948 until her death. In 1997, you might remember she died on the same day that Princess Diane died. Mother Teresa loved, she gave, she smiled, she ministered, she served, she spoke with fervent passion and conviction, and all the while she suffered with this feeling of isolation and rejection from her Heavenly Father. That seems to me like a tremendous weight to bear. And of course, I can't leave out St. John of the Cross, you know, the 16th century Spanish priest who wrote The Dark Night of the Soul. That is a tremendous book. St. John of the Cross explained the dark night as a time when prayer is extremely difficult, a sense that God has abandoned the believer. But he said that it was a blessing in disguise, teaching the follower of Christ to walk by faith, not by the senses. St. John of the Cross believed the dark night of the soul was a type of purification of our lives and of our senses. Though I cannot imagine Mother Teresa needing much in purification. In my own life, the feeling that God doesn't like me might stem from the fact that my mom would constantly proclaim, Terry, I will always love you, but I don't have to like you. She said that quite often. I don't know. Did Smead struggle with father issues in his childhood? And surely not Mother Teresa. She came from a very loving, close-knit family. I think it's greater and goes much deeper than some hidden away psychosomatic issues about childhood and parent parents and parental mistakes. I think it relates more to what C.S. Lewis calls the weight of glory. In C.S. Lewis's sermon of June 8, 1942, he was at Church of St. Mary the Virgin in Oxford. He was preaching a sermon that was broadcast across the BBC. It was called The Weight of Glory. In the sermon, he refers to the parable found in Matthew 25. Lewis said, quote, Glory suggests approval by God. I saw that this view was scriptural 
Nothing can eliminate from the parable the divine accolade, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that is enough to raise our thoughts to what may happen when the redeemed soul, beyond all hope and nearly beyond belief, learns at last that she has pleased him whom she was created to please. With no taint of what we should now call self-approval, she will most innocently rejoice in the thing that God has made her to be. And at that moment, seeing him face to face, which heals her old inferiority complex forever, she will finally be complete. (laughs) I look forward to that day when I see my heavenly father and I look upon his beautiful face and I see perfectly well his love and acceptance of me. My heart is anchored to heaven as a result of the weight I carry, knowing that one day, in just one moment, I will, along with so many others, most innocently rejoice in the thing that God has made me to be. And by faith, I will hear those words of an approving father, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And for now, that's enough. It's more than enough. Well, I hope you're doing well in your quarantine state. (laughs) Please be of good cheer. Uh, I will put my email address in the description of this podcast if you need to contact me for prayer or you want to give some kind of report or testimony. I want to speak blessings to you, and I want you to know that this too shall pass. It's a temporary weight of glory. Blessings.